Okay, rule disclaimer. We are all able-bodied, cisgendered white women. We know our background and experiences only cover a percentage of those around us, which is why we want to supplement with guest speakers, research, and you. If you have opinions and experiences you'd like to share with us, we would love to hear it. If, however, you just want to spew hate at us, then we can't stop you, but we invite you instead to suck our collective clitorises stupid haters this podcast also contains mature sexual themes and swearing no clitoris is not a swear word again with the hate come on we talked about this hi friends it's kelly here so um in keeping with this vintage sex podcast that you're about to listen to where we talk about you know relics from ages past um our recording equipment is also a relic from an age past and it kind of crapped out on us like when we were almost done with this podcast, so just to warn you that there are a couple audio issues. Sorry about that. Uh, enjoy! Flip in there, girl. I'm glad we started with that, because I just started recording with <laughs> <laughs> I've been there, girl. It's important. Wait, are we recording? Yes, we are. Fucking sweet! Okay! I needed to go, go, go! Because <laughs> I don't know how long this is going to last after hours of technical difficulties. <laughs> you guys oh. don't know how long we took to get here. That wasn't an hour. That was like 49 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Four anyway. hours later. <laughs> 12 hours later. Anyway, hi. We are Throbbing Members Only. I'm Kelly. I'm Gina. I'm Maisie. Hannah here. Sissel. And welcome to the podcast. Hello. This week, um, we all have brought kind of a show and tell. <laughs> um, we all have different kind of historical uh, documents related to sex and gender and et cetera that we thought would be interesting to share mm-hmm. talk about. We're going to go in chronological order or try to. So yes. Maisie at the first. So I have um, a textbook type thing from the Women's Institute Library of Cookery. Um, about Nerdy. yeah, about uh, fruit, fruit desserts, canning, drying, jelly making, preserving, pickling, confections, beverages, and the planning of meals. Um, and it's published. Yeah, something that I do not do. Insert <laughs> Ethan from joke. Yeah. yeah. Um, women is published by the Women's Institute of Domestic Arts and Sciences Inc. in Scranton, Pennsylvania, in 1927. But it was actually originally copyrighted in 1918. This is just a later edition. Um, anyway, so this is basically a textbook on how to be a homemaker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's, so I think it's interesting. First off, I mean, so they're treating home, homemaking as a science, which is nice. Um, and, uh, there's, I mean, some interesting things in here. If you want to like learn how to make like grapefruit jelly and baked bananas and like how to can stuff, like. It has every literally anything you want to know, mm-hmm. um, and it has a lot more than I thought it would. Um, so, like with in the canning chapter, it talks about um, how econ- like the reason to can is for econ- economy. Mm-hmm. Uh. It's, so it's, you know, you're yeah, saving so you're, money, you're keeping things fresh. Yeah. Um, it also talks about uh, like how to preserve and prevent mold spores from growing, and it goes into the science of like bacterial growth and why that happens if you don't follow proper procedure and stuff, which is way more detailed than I thought it would be. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like you can tell that women were really bored yeah. back in the day because the amount of effort that they put into things is just yep. Well, I mean, and this awe inspiring. This was even before the fifties where all these inventions came along to make homemaking easier and they had to like invent reasons to be a homemaker. We yeah. have to do insane things. Yeah. Well, and also the fact that e- e- that boredom then went on to produce actual legit skills because mm-hmm. you end up with, because I mean, economy, this was written in 1918, economy would become useful in another 10 years. Yeah, and also women with purchasing power, that was a big deal. Like yep. to be able to save all of that shit they, they were, that they were using usually their husband's money to buy like it's important but so there's this one great line i thought um the preservation of foods by canning and drying should not be looked on as an old-fashioned idea which like this is like 1920 or something that is being written now um but rather it is a matter in which the housewife should be vitally interested (laughs) like 200 years ago yeah yeah and still can stuff yep and it is, in fact, the duty of every housewife to learn all she can about the best method. Wow. Can we talk about the fact... Okay, so obviously they're specifically calling out women. Yep. But it, it's specifically calling out housewives. Like, little old maids had to read this shit, too. And it's yeah. like the... <laughs> I know this is, like, gender 101, of course. We were always referred to as housewives. But, like, something about how glaringly obvious it is just... Never well, ceases to amaze yeah. me. And, like, later on, especially in the meal planning section, it talks about, um, like, appropriate meals for for your children versus for the adults, and um, I'll get to that. But anyway, so they also have, like, they made it very sciencey and stuff, so you can, they have a little scorecard, so when you make jelly, you put it on top, and you can rate your jelly for in four categories. Um, category? Yeah. Color, solidity, flavor, Sugar content, and then there's a little subset method of sealing. Wow. This really is like the Great British Break Off. Yeah. <laughs> Solidity. And then at the yeah, <laughs> and at the end of every chapter, there's a like an examination quiz thing. Oh. Um, so like for like the confections, which is like candy, um, they have like one. What are confections? Um, <laughs> two. Discuss the use of confections in the diet of children and adults. So just going on, and then it's like, you know, what are, um, what do milk, cream, and butter do in the making of candy? So it's like, they're actually like asking pertinent questions for all of this, but it's, anyway. I'm actually curious, what did they think like the proper diet was for children? Uh Aha. (laughs) I don't even know what it is now, so. You all can't see this, but Maisie has this shit posted, noted, and bookmarked, and labeled. Look at mine. Yeah. (laughs) As does Kelly. Because they um, are badasses. <laughs> so there's tables in the meal planning section for calories per pound for 24 hours for adults. Um, differences in food requirements through variations in weight. Wow. Um, they have it broken down for sleeping, sitting, standing, walking, light work, moderate work, and heavy work. God, and then mother of Christ. And then like explains, math. yeah, explains like light work would be people who sit or stand without a great degree of activity, including stenographers, dressmakers, milliners, teachers, clerks, shoemakers, tailors, machine operators, elevator operators, and conductors. <laughs> Aw, elevator operators. No. <laughs> How many calories? Um... <laughs> Do we want to know? Yeah, yeah, we do. So light work is twenty-two calories per pound per pound in twenty-four hours. Hmm. Uh, I have no idea if that's so. correct. I, I mean, I'm just thinking about how, like, so in the recent past, we like sort of it's like three thousand. Yeah, like, right. Like around one fifty. We like re- only recently did the whole like universal mm-hmm. calorie count mm-hmm. thing. 
So that's about 3,000 calories for a... For yep. If it's um, a little bit of activity. All right, 22 times. 20. Do 150. Yeah. Yeah, so 3,300 calories. For someone who weighs 150? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's really interesting, too, because, like, I know that people have been saying that the preservatives in our food mean we have to eat fewer calories. Yeah. So that's really interesting that, because, like, I think the standard now is, like, well, it's like, like 19,000 for yeah, someone who's on Yeah, like most things are based off of like 2,000 yeah, calorie, calorie diet. diet. And that's like a lot for most people. Yeah. Um, you said preservatives. In the canning section, they have a, a little note on preservatives. Um, and it says, numerous compounds, blah, 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 advertises being useful. Um, none of them should be used, however, because they are unnecessary, et cetera, et cetera. And the pure food laws of the United States forbid the use of some preservatives because of, they have a harmful effect on the human system. It's like <laughs> even back then they knew it was bad. And it they was kept... just before the companies paid everybody to shut yeah. up about yeah. it. I'd be really interested in the study on <laughs> preservatives and sex drive. I don't know if there <laughs> oh, is. There probably is one. But I bet there is. Yeah. Um, but So that's kind of it. I mean, in the, the meal planning section, they go on about like the kind of desk the housewife should have to keep everything organized they like there's all this stuff on um account like how to do your accounts um they did their own like bookkeeping yeah women women were the bookkeepers in the family the men Mm -hmm. didn't actually know about the finances no that's pretty badass actually yep Mm -hmm. um it has like how much like it has weight of chicken including head feet and entrails (laughs) and like you can tell if your butcher is cheating you. <laughs> um, oh, what? That's super interesting. That's cool. Yeah. So it's like, there's a lot of surprisingly useful things. What's the total weight of a chicken? Um, <laughs> Just for my own information. It's, this says four pounds. And I mean, then it breaks they're it. They're bigger now, though. Oh, yeah, so. I know. I'm yeah. wondering like, what the then, average weight of a chicken now. Yeah. It breaks it down then into like head, feet, and entrails, bones after cooking, skin after cooking, shrinkage in cooking. And then total amount of waste that you would get. Can I ask you about author gender? It is unclear who writes this. Because it's like the institute. Yeah, so it's... I, I'm... Authors are by men, that would be so annoying. I know. I, I was looking and looking, and I can't find any record of anybody who wrote it. Oh, I'd weird. find it shockingly progressive, actually, if it were written by men. The idea of t- teaching female consumers how not to be cheated by their most likely male butcher, I would yeah. find that inspiring. Yeah. yeah. For the thirties, twenties, twenties, yeah. But the, 20s. I just wanted to to interject a nice little bit of racism in here. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so they have just some casual racism. Yep. They have uh, so the effect of sex on diet, which is meaning male or female. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, oh, <laughs> I know. Um, but it's basically saying, oh, this was interesting. Um, women. Uh, blah 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 blah. Oh, in most cases, the work of women is lighter than of men. And even when this is not the case, women seem to require less food, probably because of a different temperament. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> what? Well, just due to the fact that we have higher body fat. I mean, they have different, like, humors, and so they're more caloric or whatever. <laughs> yeah, probably. And then the racism bit is the effect of climate on diet. And it's talking about where certain foods are fresher and stuff, or, or like, and how in the north, the extreme north, excuse me, um, there's a lack of vegetation, so they subsist entirely upon animal food, d- except during the short, warm season. Hmm. Um, and then, blah, 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 blah. Um, it is true, however, that races of people who do not live in a well-balanced diet 
who do not live on a well-balanced diet are not physically such fine specimens. Oh, <laughs> oh God. God. I know. <laughs> and I mean, okay. That's, I mean, they're talking about the extreme north, though. That's our well, Scandinavian Well, brother. no. That's, they, that's under the hot country subset. Oh, yeah. is that? Oh. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be clear. That shit is still said today. Mm-hmm. Like, the, cal- oh. the calves the size of cantaloupes comment Steve King made recently regarding Mexican what? immigrants. It's gross. But, uh, yeah. The, this shit. <laughs> Assuming uh, people of color have certain body types due to poor choices and yeah. nutrition is not new. And yep. it's, you know how they are. They're this crazy. Is, yeah. Backwards. <laughs> At least <laughs> white is... people are so healthy. <laughs> Look at all the gelatin we eat. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll get to we'll that get soon. Soon. <laughs> but I do, like, this is what, what, we talked about this in history class where it's like, in, I think they call it like environmental determinism or some mm. shit. Yeah. yeah but it's where it's like, it's not really their fault. They can't help it. But that's just how they were made to be. Yeah. Which is very frustrating. (laughs) Which is like saying your face is a certain shape, so you say you have a certain brain processing Mm -hmm. capability. But anyway, so that's that's the textbook on how to be a homemaker. Um, We're passing it to Hannah with her more cooking stuff. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You should be. I'm just kidding. You were posted. Oh. <laughs> oh, you're missing out on Hannah's sneezes. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. Um, so I, technically, this is like it is chronological, but I have two, so one of them kind of jumps. The first one um, is Betty Crocker's Picture Cookbook from 1950. It's a first edition, but seventh printing. Um, but yeah, you know, General Mills, Betty Crocker, fake lady. Um, but this one's pretty interesting. It has, um, like, I think they had their own, like, test kitchen as talking about it. It's, like, the kitchen of tomorrow mm-hmm. and tasting bar and early American dining room and the Camara kitchen with three complete working units where foods that are to have their pictures taken are made up. So, you know, early uh, so. food science and yeah. food, uh, I guess, like, the early, like, America's test kitchen. Yeah. They're testing all that shit. Um, this one's nice. It has, like, a lot of information, kind of like um, Maisie's, just on, like, general. This one's more just cooking, though, if you don't really know anything about cooking, um, like, about different ingredients, the meaning of terms, um, a big part of that, that a dictionary of special and foreign terms. So, like, a like, prep book for Great British Bake Off. Basically. It's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's even, like, it gives the meaning of blending, a boil, broil, oh. brush, chop, combine. Like, it has, like, very simple. Can you, can you send say. screenshots of that? Very step-by-step stuff in the beginning, which is cool. Um, and some pictures of some of a nice housewife with her little apron. Yeah. Um, the beginning of this one is Dear Friend. The other one, I think, is Hostess. Um, and for the most part, it's, you know, just kind of talking generally, but obviously it's, you know, aimed at housewives and women. Um, I'm going over to the cookie area. First of all, they spell cookie with a Y. I thought that was weird. Yeah. A full cookie jar makes a home homey. <laughs> E-Y. Aww. It's very homey. Um, but yeah, there's just different, like, hidden treasures for the toddlers, tea off with cookies. They also have, um, oh, I think it's on the next page, uh, bow catchers. Maisie read that as bean catchers. <laughs> um, bow catchers and husband keepers. 
a favorite one of that is his yeah. mother's oatmeal. Oh my god, <laughs> that was kind of creepy. Ew, that's that's weird. I don't like that. Something <laughs> about oatmeal <laughs> seems wrong in that sentence. I don't his, know why. His mother's his mother's, his mother's <laughs> oatmeal. Yeah. There's like nut sugar cookies, date nut refrigerator, date bars, coffee or toffee nut bars, anything with nut or date. I'm like, <laughs> I'm a child. Oh, at the end, back it says, "Home is where the heart is." Aren't dates supposed to be an aphrodisiac? I think, I think so. so. <laughs> they don't really say Betty anything Crocker. about that. Betty Crocker. Betty. <laughs> oh, Betty. What a scandalous fake lady you are. <laughs> <laughs> I think, was she, she was invented by men, wasn't she? Probably. Yes. Probably. 100%. Mm-hmm. She totally was. By probably some general mills man. Actually, this is a fun tidbit. At work, uh, whenever there are desserts, um, the receptionist will page the office uh, and say, "Miss Crocker, please call the receptionist, Miss Crocker." And it's a symbol. <laughs> it's a signal to us that there are desserts up That's in so the break room. Yeah, it's Aww. really nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's a actually a pretty good cookbook, I would say, even like especially for beginners because a lot of things are broken down. Um, I haven't made anything from here. I don't know how much gelatin and mayonnaise (laughs) is uh, in it. Um, Ooh, say Merry Christmas with cookies. Yeah, those those pictures are very unappetizing. (laughs) Yeah. The actual, like, the drawings that they have are cute, but, like, the pictures are, you know, where they take it in their little kitchens are, you know, they didn't learn about... um, Food porn in its infancy was not as not no. as porny. Yeah. Anymore. Well, isn't most food that's filmed on camera now not real food? Oh, yep. it's not. It's oh, yeah. totally fake. Yeah. They like you know brush it with oils and like weird glue stuff. for milk. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah they glue on seeds to buns and yeah. <laughs> I can't remember ice cream. What when we see pictures of ice cream. It's it's mashed potato. Oh yeah. I remember yeah. seeing like a, a diagram of like what it actually is <laughs> when you see ice cream. And so like they it's mashed potato and then it's like glue. And then um, they like use uh, like brown eyeliner to make the almonds or like nuts more nut looking, <laughs> and they use lipstick for the cherry on top. It's all very weird. <laughs> the ways they make women look pretty, <laughs> make everything look Every pretty. Day I just cover my face in mashed potato and <laughs> draw on my eyes. <laughs> I, I learned something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's also a meal planning section. Yep. So it kind of goes into the, the next one is a hostess one. So it's like appropriateness, appearance, satisfaction. Ooh, what's you, the appearance? Appearance. appearance. Um, <laughs> so it has prepare, serve, present each food attractively for greater appetite appeal. Uh, so I don't think they really did that when they made their shit. <laughs> um, well. Nutrition. Serve a wide variety of foods. Balance meals by including foods from the basic seven food groups or seven basic food groups. So that was, was that the pyramid? I don't, I, think I don't know. I don't know if the pyramid was, was around then. One, um, the pyramid two, is created by the United States government for children yeah. and then updated. Nutrition. And now it's like wasn't steps it, or something. Wasn't yeah. it like created by like bread <laughs> lobbyists or something? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it tells you to eat the most breads, probably. <laughs> oh, here it is. Wouldn't found surprise it. Surprise me. Um, so it's group one, green and yellow vegetables. Oh. Group two, oranges, tomatoes, grapefruit. Group three, potatoes and other vegetables and fruits. (laughs) Group four, milk and milk products. Group five, meat, poultry, fish, or eggs. Group six, bread, flour, and cereals. Group seven, butter and fortified margarine. So kind of similar. I like like the the green and yellow (laughs) margarine are one food. (laughs) I mean, yeah. But I just like that green and yellow vegetables are. Yeah, that's very arbitrary. But I guess it's like, you know, they say like the leafy greens, like the dark greens are better for certain like minerals. They have more iron in them and stuff. 
Yeah. yeah. No, but why but yellow, though? Overall sexism, I mean, it's in there, but it's... I wouldn't say it's, like, worse than, you know, cookbooks nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second one that I have is Betty Crocker's Hostess Cookbook, which obviously, obviously is my gender. favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would, be, I would have been such a good housewife. Yeah, you would. Um, oh, also, I, I took these from my sorority house. They were, like, in a cupboard in the kitchen that I'm sure someone left years ago. <laughs> like from the 60s. I really yeah. hope it was some sorority girl who was like angry at all these not cooking young women coming into the sorority and decided to like be a dick and leave those as a hint. I mean, we weren't in that house for like, it was, we were in that house, I think maybe like 10 years, but the house, I mean, it was fucking haunted, <laughs> but the house was, I think over a hundred years old. So maybe okay. they had left it. When Maybe it was a ghost that thought all you like, yeah. young yeah. women <laughs> the ghost to of Betty Crocker's skills. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this one is Dear Hesitant Hostess. That's what I was going to say. MRS degree. But this one is definitely like a handbook for the hostess. It's always talking about the hostess, but the mostess doesn't actually say that. The only time that it really mentions men is for patio parties. Um, talking about that, more often than not, the man of the house turns chef and takes over the meat while you serve the salad or relishes crisp from the refrigerator and later a delicious dessert that you prepared ahead of time. <laughs> and that was, that's like the, probably the only time in both of these that it talks about um, that's like men cooking. Men cooking. That's like still true. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. I don't know how to fucking grill. <laughs> At least from my parents. I mean, yeah, my dad grills everything. Um, yep. But I love grilling. Grilling's nice. I mean, I'm a vegetarian, better than so, like, all of us. grilling, like, oh. Boca burgers is, like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just put that fucking thing and, in the microwave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, like, I'm much more cavalier, because it's, I mean, it is my dad's grill still, and so I will do stuff that he, like, will later learn that I did, and he thinks it's going to ruin his grill, so... Mm. Maybe I like grilling because I don't follow the rules. <laughs> I don't. Uh, my dad's grill is complicated. I would not use. I would just use like a regular charcoal one. But my dad's is like propane, and I don't know how to use I it. Love the propane. Yeah. Oh, we have propane too. My dad taught me how to use it, yeah, but then push one, a button. But then, well, I have to like unscrew it. Like, oh yeah. Something to like turn the propane yeah. off. And one time oh, I yeah. was trying to turn it off, and I just turned it way more on. <laughs> 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 Apparently. Whoops. <laughs> nice. Also, side note to that, that's nothing to do with this. Apparently, those little brushes you use, yeah. yep. like be careful with those because you can get the bristles stuck in your esophagus and <gasps> like it could not get taken out. <gasps> like you could live with that forever. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Uh, I, I, I read an article about that, and the person that went in, they're like, "You're really lucky because we can get this out." And I was like, "Oh my oh. god, I'm gonna get my dad new like <laughs> brush things that aren't." bristled the really cool rubber ones that look like they just feel great on your face yeah because it's like because it's like a it's like a metal bristle and i, I was like oh oh. i think the moral is just like chew really thoroughly yeah and make sure there aren't any metal bristles that you're yeah swallowing. that's true it's like how do you how do you just like no, not notice that you're swallowing a bristle uh, okay can we move on yeah let's move on let's move on to move the on. next one yeah all right so i believe i'm next kelly um, so I brought a book that I read, I think, when I was maybe, like, 10 or 11. Um, it is called 15 by Beverly Cleary. And basically, it is about a girl. Oh, this came out in 1956, by the way, I believe. Um, it's about a girl who basically wants to find a boyfriend and does. <laughs> Yay! The end! Yay. Ever the end. Making goals and su- succeeding in them. Yay! <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'll, just, I'll read you the first paragraph to give you an idea. Chapter 1. 
Today, I'm going to meet a boy, Jane Purdy told herself as she walked up Blossom Street toward her babysitting job. Today, I'm going to meet a boy. <laughs> if she thought it often enough, as if it re- and if she really believed it, maybe she actually would meet a boy, even though she was headed for, well, okay, that's not interesting. But <laughs> so she goes to her babysitting job. I'm just going to recap this entire book, basically. We're okay um, with that. Yeah. All right. And while she's there, um, there is a delivery for the family's dog that she's babysitting for of horse meat. Mm. And because that was a thing, I guess. <laughs> And the boy who delivers it is cute. <laughs> and they hit it off. <laughs> and so there's a lot of time when she's like, is he going to call me? And then he, like, finds out her number in this creepy sort of way. I can't remember exactly. He's like, oh, I looked you up. Um, so he oh, because that's before that was creepy. And, uh, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, weird. Yep. Weird. So anyway, she goes out with the dog meat boy. <laughs> <laughs> the horse meat for the dog meat boy. Whatever. <laughs> Um, and basically, like, the most interesting thing I thought about this is that, you know, I went into it, because it had been a while since I read it, and I was expecting to be really, like, grossed out about, you know, the way that she and the boy were acting together, but actually, it was pretty cute. What bothered me was more how she acted with other girls, Mm. because it's just, it's so weird, because every time she's, like, out with him and she's happy about it, she's like... I'm so glad I'm not one of those sad girls sitting alone. Oh. And I wish one of those sad girls could see us. You were that sad girl yesterday. I know, exactly. And it's, it's and, really weird. And you were okay. Like, your life was fine. Exactly. And it's like, and you were, you were fine. You weren't that sad. It's like, I'm so glad I'm not just sitting with my friends. I'm like, I'd much rather be sitting with my friends. But okay. <laughs> Delusional child. I know. But let me see. I mean, I made... How old is she again? 15. 15. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Title of book. Um, yeah, let me go back a little bit, because one of her main rivals throughout this book oh. is a girl. Was it the horse? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> um, is this girl named Marcy, who, um, I'll, I'll read the bit where I talks about them. She, we first see Marcy as she's riding up in a convertible with a boy. Ooh. All cool. <laughs> um, let's see. So she's riding in a, with a boy named Greg, of course. Greg. <laughs> Marcy brushed a lock of hair out of her eyes and smiled back at Jane with the kind of smile a girl riding in a convertible with a popular boy on a summer day gives a girl who is walking alone. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> a very specific one. Oh Shade. Shade. <laughs> and that smile made Jane feel that everything about herself was all wrong. Her yellow cotton dress was too, well... Too little girlish with its round collar and full skirt. Her skin wasn't tan enough, and even if it were, she didn't have a white PK dress to show it off. Her curly brown hair, which had seemed pretty enough in the mirror at home, now seemed childish compared to Marcy's sleek blonde hair bleached to golden streaks by the sun. <laughs> oh, and apparently she always wears cashmere sweaters. The trouble with me, Jane thought, as the hill grew steeper, is that I am not the cashmere sweater type like Marcy. All the popular girls wear cashmere sweaters. Apparently. I remember my grandmother talking about that being a thing in the 50s. Oh, yeah. Cashmere sweaters? Yeah. All the cool girls cashmere wore sweater. pearls and cashmere sweater. Yep. Apparently. Do they bang at the end? No. Damn. They like... Do they Do they kiss? Yes. Oh, I meant Marcy and Jane. Oh. Do, oh, they, Marcy like, and Jane. do they like hate bang? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I would read that. <laughs> Fanfic time, right? Yeah. 
Has there ever been a character in the history of fiction named Marcy who wasn't a bitch? I actually I don't. don't. In Charlie so. Brown, isn't there a Marcy who's like, oh, she's the nice one. She's isn't the she? really nice. One. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Patty's friend, like, the one who calls everybody her, calls her Patty Sir. Oh yeah, I love. <laughs> I like Marcy, and There's I like one Marcy. Patty. Yeah, that's true. I do like Marcy, and they totally bang. So I mean, Abby, mm-hmm. no one's calling anybody Sir if they're not banging. Yeah, yeah. We know who's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but there were a couple interesting things about this book that kind of surprised me. First of all, like, the fact that she babysits, she actually kind of has, like, a business with her with her friend, which is actually, like, fairly enterprising. And she, like, you know, she, like, worries for a little bit that, you know, this, this guy will, like, look down on her because she, like, works. <laughs> but then she's, like, very glad that he doesn't. Which is kind of, I mean, which is nice, I guess. But what a keeper. Yeah, right. Doesn't want me to not make money. Yay. But like, yeah, As big a deal. teenager. Mm-hmm. Right. But still 50s, I mean. Yeah. 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 That's pretty weird. Um, let's see. So as it goes on, basically, so it's like, he calls her and they got on a date. It's very, like, stressful because he comes over, of course, to meet her parents before Ooh. he takes her out. Yes. And he's very embarrassed because he doesn't have a car. Oh. So he like bikes and hides in the hides the bike in the bushes. Oh, <laughs> which is cute. Oh, also I should just mention that they have a cat named Surfus. Oh, <laughs> oh no, poor kitty. Good. Surfus, like sir, sir, yeah, sir puss. Oh, I get it. <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> it's two words. It could be a really on. gross compliment to him, yeah. possibly. Yeah. So anyway, they. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I made Sizzle's face do a funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your time about my cat for a second? I was like, like my cat's what? name isn't Sizzle, and she's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Cecil. <laughs> I didn't mispronounce your cat's name. Oh. I probably have in the past. Before. It's confusing with Cecil and Cecil. I mean, they're like the same name, pretty. So much. tried to call her Cecile because I think. She knew, yeah, she knew she was female, and I was like, stop gendering my cat that has no reproductive abilities. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I always thought it was interesting how, like, when you take your dog to the vet, because my dogs, like, I've had two male dogs in the past, and they've both been neutered, and so gender is just neutered. It's not male anymore. Uh, Anyway, um, so they go out to a movie, and afterwards they go to the soda fountain, (gasps) because of course they do. I've always wanted to go to a soda. Well, I know. I think it's probably, it sounds more fun than it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like most things. Anyway, so I'll read this bit. Once inside, Jane could not decide whether it would be better to sit in a booth in the back where she would be sure to have Stan, that's his name, all oh, to God. herself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> or whether it would be better to sit toward the front where she could show him off to the rest of the crowd. Uh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Again with the, and then she like, she goes off and she, you know, I can't remember exactly where it is, but she's like, I'm so glad I'm not one of those girls sitting alone. Because you were that girl like two minutes ago. God. So anyway, they, they go out. Um, one of the one of the complications in their relationship is that he wants to go out to a fancy dinner downtown, which he's never been to. And so she has to get like gloves for the occasion. Oh my God. <laughs> Ooh, fancy. And they go to a Chinese restaurant. She has never had Chinese food and she's Ooh. terrified of it. Oh. And so, like, and it, it gets real racist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where one of the, like, it's like a, it's like a couple's thing. And there are other couples there, including Marcy. <gasps> um, and, like, the other people, like, make fun of her because she's, you know, they're like, oh, you're going to be eating bugs. Because that's what they eat. And, wow. you know. Rude. Yeah. And they're like, they have, like, soy sauce. And they're like, that's bug juice that you're going to eat. 
Ew, yeah. racist. That's yeah. So I mean, ugh, why? Well, yeah. now I'm just hungry again. <laughs> Want some bug hungry juice? for the yeah, yeah. sweet, sweet bug juice. Yeah, <laughs> or salty, sushi. salty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. Or Chinese, um, both. Both sound. Very, one of the more good. fucked up things is where so there's this guy named Buzz because of course there is. Yep. Um, Buzz Aldrin. Yeah, and he is like he was the guy who was teasing her about the bug juice. <laughs> And he decides that he wants to kiss her in front of Stan. Oh, oh my god! How does she know this young Buzz? Uh, oh, because <laughs> he was he was on a couple's date, and he's dating her friend. What? Oh, not even Marcy. No, Damn, scandalous. Mar- Marcy has better taste. <laughs> I know. Marcy sounds like the un- unsung hero, right? Right. <laughs> I know. Like I think she's actually cool. <laughs> Jane just hates her for some reason because she's blonde. Yep. Uh, but I want to find the passage. <laughs> Sorry, I have so many post-it notes for I you. I think that the thing that's, like, interesting about this, right, is that it, like, I feel like there's plenty of books written nowadays that are about, like, stuff that happened in this time period, you know? Mm, like, yep. I know I read a book that was set in, like, the 1940s. I don't know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, like, actually reading a book from this time period. Oh, shit. I found it. I forgot how fucked up it was. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Buzz stepped up on the running board beside Jane to look at the inside of the car. And as he stood there for some time, he looked down at Jane. Then he said, Jane, for someone who used to be a scrawny kid who was a terrible cook, you've turned out to be a mighty pretty girl. Uh, Actually, he says purdy because her last name is Purdy. Wait, 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 wait. How did he know what kind of cook she was? I don't know. I think think she, like, made something for them or whatever. I don't remember. Um, Why is that what bothered me most about that sentence? Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, there's a lot of problems. It's like an added dig. Yeah. Yeah. Jane felt pleased and a little embarrassed by the remark. Buzz was teasing, she knew. But at the same time, she was sure he really thought she was pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. What was that in there? That yeah, that noise. That was, no, that was just me. What society does to your self-esteem that makes you feel happy I, about a guy? What's it called? Negging you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the neg. Well, and the um, he hits you because he likes you. Yeah, exactly. Okay, it gets worse. Buzz continued to look down at Jane. Then he reached into his pocket and pulled out a fifty-cent piece, which he tossed into the air and deftly caught. Stan, I'll give you 50 cents to let me kiss your girl. Oh. Oh. That's gross. I know. Jane, Jane looked at Buzz in astonishment, and afterwards she was still shocked by her own sudden behavior. She was feeling like Marcy. <laughs> what the fuck? What behavior did she exhibit? She met his challenge. She smiled at him, closed her eyes, and lifted her lips. Oh. Buzz leaned over and kissed her lightly on the mouth. Oh, I thought she might smack him. No, I wish. That's probably, like, probably what Marcy would have done, because Marcy's cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, but anyway, that was so gross. I know, but the most fucked up thing is that... So Stan gets angry about that, obviously. And he, like, drives off. Did he off. even get the 50 cents? I don't know. <laughs> Did she get the 50 cents? <laughs> Did he respond to the, like... No, he didn't say it. He just, like, got angry and left after that. He, like, pretended it was cool. And then he was like, never mind. I'm Rode bad. off on his bike? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, no. He has access to the uh, doggy diner uh, truck oh. for work. So that's what he drives. He's also <laughs> a little embarrassed about that. Um, but anyway, so he, he leaves. He gets angry, which makes Jane very happy. Because that means he cares about her. Oh. <laughs> 
And so she's like, I'm so glad I kissed Buzz, because now I know. Uh, Sometimes I feel bad about the things that go on in my head that are irrational emotions. And then I remember we've got years of this shit stacked up against (laughs) And I feel a little less bad. Does she ever grow up? (laughs) I mean, mean, she's 15, so, like, I can't fault her that much. I did dumb stuff when I was 15. Mm -hmm. But, um... Jane sat toying with a ball of yarn and thinking about Marcy. Why, she did not she even... cat? <laughs> no, she's just playing with a ball of yarn because she knits or something. <laughs> but she's also a cat. <laughs> but also secretly. <laughs> this book just got way more... <laughs> I wish it was about a cat the entire time. Why, she didn't even like the girl. Not really. She did not like girls who acted bored and who made other girls feel uncomfortable. She liked girls who were friendly and interested in others. Oh, she's so into her. I know, right? Ah! Then why? Jane asked herself to try to act like someone she didn't even like. Maybe she didn't have a lot of sun streaks in her hair or a drawer full of cashmere sweaters, but a nice boy like Stan had liked her once and Buzz had wanted to kiss her, so she was certainly as attractive as most girls at the school. All she lacked was confidence. She didn't know why she hadn't thought of it before. It's just, like, in, in that's fun. cool. That's cool, but, like, why do you need to have a gross guy kissing you to show you that? An inspiring question mark. Yeah, it's like every rom com. Yeah. 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 You're like eh? Because boys like you. Yeah. So anyway, this is how it ends. Um, so they go to like an end of the high school year like movie thing in the park or something, and then they go drive off afterwards. She and Stan, I mean, not she and Buzz. Oh good. Not she and Marcy. Stan seems like a nice boy. Stan is a nice boy. This is horse meat for dogs. I know. He might be a serial killer, but he's a nice boy. He's a nice boy. At least he doesn't kiss girls with that and pay. He'll get paid for and pay their yeah. boyfriend to kiss them or whatever. So it ends. They're they're sitting in in I think oh I think at the end he gets a car. So he's Aww. very excited about it. He takes he he's like I wanted you to be the first girl to Aww. take to take out in my car. So they're sitting. He says, Jane, he said urgently above the sound of the Model A motor. (laughs) (laughs) You know what it means to wear a fellow's bracelet? Yes, answered Jane breathlessly. It means you're going steady. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. Jane touched the bracelet. By the way, he has like an ID bracelet, which is apparently a thing. Like a medical ID bracelet. (laughs) That's what I'm envisioning. That seems unsafe. (laughs) (laughs) You really want to? Yes, Stan, I really want to. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, she gets a bracelet and the kiss and that's uh, the end. Hashtag teen pregnant. And then it, oh, and then here's, here's where it ends. I mean, yeah, it sounds like they're having sex, but it's not that fun. Smiling to herself, Jane turned and walked toward the house. She was Stan's girl. That was all that really mattered. Oh! Oh. I will forever ship Jancy. <laughs> yeah, hashtag Jancy. Beverly Cleary. We oh, expected yeah. more from you. So yeah, I mean, like the part where she was actually interacting with Stan was like always kind of cute and awkward because like it's like oh they're dating and they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, but like some of that's real gross. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the uh, the um, the long held assumption that doing okay with dudes means you do less well with girls or you have a problem. Exactly. Like, and I was thinking about it and I was like I feel like we're we're in like a really nice age of female friendships, which was definitely yeah. not always the oh, case. I think yep. it's because it got so bad. Like yeah. I watched Wedding Crashers recently. That came out in 2005 and that is one of the grosser things I've seen. <laughs> In, but that was 2005, and 
well, it got bad enough to a point where people just like lost their shit all at once. And then you had people like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler come out and be like, yeah, we were competing for the same jobs, but we're best of bros and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then Shine Theory and the like. It it exploded because it had to. Like it reached a fucking boiling point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I also think to a certain extent, like, I mean, there are more women in colleges. There are more women in like professional jobs it's just been getting bigger and you know more and more numbers and so it was inevitable that people realized like oh we don't actually have to like be bitchy and compete and i think then eventually um like media and all of that were like oh, okay we can stop maybe doing this sometimes yeah. i mean something i so one of my friends is korean and she worked at this korean company for a while in chicago and there's like statistics out there that korea is like one of the not one of the worst places for women to live, but it's surprisingly bad for a uh, industrialized, quote, first world country. And the thing that she kept telling me is that all the women she worked with at this company were constantly being super catty with each other mm-hmm. and, like, everybody was competing. And so the first question I asked her when I heard that was, like, who's in power at this company? Like, who's the, like, highest up people? What gender are they? And she's like, oh, they're all guys. And I was like, yep. So they're all competing for, like, the lowest rung jobs because they can't get promoted to anything else, so they're actually in direct competition with each other, Mm -hmm. and it's just super unfortunate. (sighs) This is a really good jumping-off point to mine. Um, Sorry, mine took a while. Oh, no, (laughs) that was awesome. (laughs) So uh, I'm in one of those jobs. I'm a a legal assistant, and legal assistants are almost exclusively female. We had one dude who just, like, walked up up and left recently. Um, So now... Couldn't hack it. Couldn't hack it. The legal assistant... All of the legal assistants at my job, and we used to be called legal secretaries, were all female. Uh, I'm going to law school. So yeah! hopefully, hopefully I survive and uh, will not have to. Because the lawyers now, the older you get, the more male they are. But the younger you go, it's pretty, actually almost tilted female at my firm right now. Um, but anyhow, one of the first days... Uh, at my job, uh, my boss, my older, my older man boss, uh, who's awesome, found this book that he had kept from, from the sixties. And it's basically an advertisement for Royal, uh, electric typewriters. But what it is, it's called The Successful Secretary. And this book is bright pink. And on the, on the cover is a cute little lady with a smile on her face in a secretary outfit, a picture of the typewriter. And, uh, to the left of this woman is a little corridor where two dudes are talking and shaking hands with each other in suits. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, already. Draw your own conclusions. Um, uh, Copyright 1963, Royal McBee Corp, who made this typewriter. Um, So, page one. A success story. When you think what an office would be without women today, it's hard to believe that until the typewriter was invented, women had no place in the business office. (laughs) (laughs) Not untrue, kind of-ish. Freezing, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, gross. It's gross, but... Okay, as... (laughs) A success story. (laughs) A sad, sad success story. As the typewriter gained acceptance in American business, women attained a a means of entering a field that had always been closed to them. The typewriter gave women a chance to demonstrate their ability in jobs that had previously been held by men. So, yeah, basically, uh, the job of a secretary used to be a... 
a very highly educated dude thing. Mm -hmm. And then the typewriter came along. They didn't want to relearn their trade. And women were like, I'll take it. And, of course, we're paid less. General summary that I have no sources for that (laughs) I should (laughs) look up and find later. But, okay, so... The successful secretary plays an extremely versatile role in today's business world. She is as respected and secure in her position as any member of the organization. (laughs) (laughs) Diplomat, executive, troubleshooter, skilled technician, these are just a few of the talents she has. (laughs) I can see this being so, like, oh my god, they see me if I read this, you know what I mean? Like, that is what I am. Thank god you finally noticed. But also, like... Fuck. That's like, it's just, it's so you are so secure. I'm telling you, honey, you're so secure in today's you're role. just as good as anybody else. <laughs> Give me a God. fucking raise. <laughs> she, is also, she is often the first person a visitor meets when entering an office and thus can create a favorable first impression of the entire organization. She is the pleasant voice over the telephone, which gives the caller an, the image of an agreeable, reliable place to do business. She is the person who always has the necessary information or knows exactly where to find it. She is able to compose effective business letters. She is speedy and accurate in her typing skills. In short, she is invaluable to the executive who depends on her for the proper handling of scores of responsibilities and details. They will later refer to that uh, executive exclusively as a he because this is, again, of course. But... If that sounds like a robot to you, <laughs> you are not incorrect. And, and okay, I, I just have to say this. My job when I first got it, I did not have any experience. I was very, very new to this. It w- it's the hardest thing I've ever done. It was yeah. incredibly stressful, and I, I was really bad at it. And it's, it's just a lot of fucking work, even today, when we have the Internet and when we have Microsoft Word. And the idea of having to do what I do without with all in paper having to look up all that information and it's like the stuff of nightmares i can't even well i had a job where i I had to like staff the front desk and like answer all the phone calls Mm -hmm. and send them to all the places they need to go and like you really you need to know the company inside and out which i did not at all yeah i was just starting yeah and that's like where you where they start you but Mm -hmm. it, it sucks and, and I kept sending calls in the wrong place. And ugh, and it's like, and those jobs are so classically overlooked and under discussed. Oh, and really it's are. like, and it's not, it, it, and it's because they're kind of boring to talk about, but mm-hmm. the whole thing falls apart without these people. And I'm bad at it, which is why I'm trying to be a lawyer, because I think I'll be better at that than this, because <laughs> I think this stuff is harder. Yeah. But like, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. But there, there is more, there is more to this. Um, so... Portrait of today's successful secretary. A secretary's personal qualities and abilities determine her degree of success on the job. She is, colon, and then each of these uh, headings is in pink. (laughs) She is, colon, heading in pink. Attractive to look at. (laughs) (laughs) Her clothing is simple and becoming. Well fitted, smart, and freshly pressed. (laughs) You think I'm pressing my clothes before I go into work. I put on my mascara at my desk. Her Mm -hmm. style, her hairstyle is manageable and neat. A soft makeup highlights her best features and remains fresh looking all day on the job. This is 63 and this This is is a typewriting advertisement. And I should say, I should say, other than these intro pages, the rest of the book is actually incredibly useful. It's like just how to block a letter, how to, mm-hmm. um, like, uh, what are the different styles of um, indentations, like stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Um, but, <laughs> but this is bad enough that it deserves 
<laughs> a lot of scrutiny. Um, so, looking fresh looking all day on the job. Pink heading too. Cheerfully poised. She makes the she makes an office a pleasant place with her graciousness and ability to, to adjust to the moods of others. Oh, <laughs> oh that makes me sad. Uh, and if they're saying that to all the secretaries, like it's adjust to the moods of the male attorneys. Yeah, I mean like, it's it's the thing that's just so impressive, right? It's like if you're that person, you are amazing. Yeah, like, right. To actually live up to those standards, like, and women did. They yeah, did. They fucking yeah, all the did. Time. And I mean, I gotta say, like, I'm excluding myself from this because, like I've said, I'm not great at my job. They they still do. Not the. They have thank God cared less at my office about the attractive to look at. Like plenty of the um, legal assistants who are there have several children or our grandparents and are doing like but they're but the place falls apart without them and the attorneys know that now especially with the ones who have been there for forever but when they started yeah this was the kind of shit they were expected to do they were expected to wear heels they were expected to like always be sweet and it's like <laughs> they're not very nice <laughs> they're awesome they're they're tough customers um but that is again more oh speaking of Highly responsible, uh, Pink Heading 3. Right. She respects the value of time. Company secrets are safe with her, for she never gossips. Uh-huh. Her, common sense, her common sense and initiative help her, supplement, help her supplement her employer's strengths with her own. She knows where to get information and takes many responsibilities off his shoulders. Uh-huh. Oh, keep my secrets, massage my shoulders, and... No. By the way, look I'm, cute while doing it. Right, oh exactly. my god, not too cute. Uh, and and okay, we haven't talked about sex a ton on this episode of this sex podcast, but we wait will, for it. We will. Yeah. We will. We have a finale. Yeah, we have a finale. Mm-hmm. Um, but to mention briefly here, workplaces, especially offices, are where the sexual harassment conversation not only got started, but one of the only places it actually exists in written form still today. Like, there are no sexual harassment policies for sidewalks, to my knowledge. And, like, they're one of the few... A workplace that got women in it and has mixed genders is one of the few places where the shit is actually regulated and discussed at all. And even then, it's still considered, you know, many women consider their offices poisonous environments sexually. But it's... And it's because it comes from shit like this, but it has come a long way, but that's still not enough. Yeah. I'll continue reading. <laughs> I'll put myself up. Before up. you go, can yes. I just, I yes. don't know, I don't know if we've said this on the podcast, but I would just like to say that women are always talked about as being gossipy and all of the gossipiest shits I have known have been men. Oh yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> have people seen The Bachelorette? Like, I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've watched it for the first time this year and all I can think is that there's this gorgeous, intelligent, completely composed woman surrounded by a bunch of gossipy idiots who are, like, <laughs> half as educated as her. And I'm just like, how could you ever think that women are gossipy, like, talky-talky, talk, chatty Cathy's? Because, yeah. like, men are so much worse, and they're so much worse at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and because my office is so much more gender split than, not again, not the assistants, but the assistants and attorneys, <laughs> the attorneys are great gossips, and they're all gossiping all the genders of the attorneys gossip as a flock like they're all together so men and women gossip together about their clients it's who they talk about they're like i mean gossip is like a normal fucking part of life it's gonna happen it's dumb to assume that any Mm -hmm. gender does it more oh exactly Mm -hmm. and well and also the fact that like this is so this has a particularly scary significance here because 
keep the company's secrets and be a robot at the same time and make less. And it's just a sh- like, this is impossible. It's so much. That, this yeah. is impossible. And also in some ways it's dumb to give somebody this much to do and also this much responsibility because women have been getting away with stealing company secrets and all of this shit for a long time. And it's because they were so underestimated and so undervalued. And that's stupid for the company at large, not just generally mean like there's tons to deal with here. And yeah. Okay. I think I've got, uh, I've got two more. Okay. So, uh, fourth bullet, the fourth, uh, pink heading. She avoids good at detail. She avoids errors by standardizing her routine jobs. She works out systems for follow up on details. She organizes her work schedule so that important jobs are completed first. Good advice for everybody. Sure. <laughs> and then fifth, excellent in secretarial skills. She turns out letter perfect work. Her shorthand and typing are fast and accurate. Her letters are attractively positioned. Her typing clean and her erasures careful. I mean, good advice. Good yeah, advice. Good advice. But that's why word was invented. That shit's impossible. Right. Not typewriter having to like correct mistakes. It's such a bitch. And, and like wearing what you had to wear in the fifties, like oh, yeah. or sixties in this case, a little bit better. But Jesus, still, yeah. Okay, that is most of what I wanted to say about this one. It's the rest of this is like really cool. Um, I mean, it sounds like a pretty useful book to have in any sort of office job. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, I wish I'd had that before my first job Mm because all the shit I got in trouble for was that stuff. Oh, yeah. And again, I wasn't good at this. Like, I mean, I I can't say in enough how hard it was and how bad I was at it. And I think a lot of that is because this kind of work really just kind of, it, it requires a certain amount of ability to turn your brain off and just look at what's in front of you. And that is not something I'm great at because I'm a zoner out and I I talk a lot to myself up in here and yeah, it's, it's super interesting. And the fact that the detail, eh, never mind. I'm not, I'm losing my, I'm losing my train of thought. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Y'all, is this a sex podcast? It, it I, is. I, I believe it, it is. I believe it I is. Think, I think it might be a sex podcast. Oh, what? what? And I There's think no sex in it, I think we haven't talked very much about sex. No. Uh-oh. Are we good on time, by the way? How are we doing? Okay. It's so, <laughs> it's a good thing that I have a, I have a little bit of a backstory. Um, <laughs> it's a good thing that I quit my job, and it's a good thing that I decided to clean out my entire parents' house. Mm-hmm. And it's a really great thing that I discovered about ten Playboys that my dad has owned since 1960. <laughs> so for the remainder of this podcast, we will be analyzing Playboys. Starting Vintage. with one. Vintage Playboys. Starting with one from 1968, <laughs> which has a beautiful blonde. I'm pretty sure she's Twiggy, but it doesn't actually say Twiggy anywhere that I can find. It looks what like, like her. First page where it says like you know front cover blah blah blah. You know, well, like the first page is an advertisement for a car. Mm. Oh, I lied. It's an advertisement for cigarettes yeah. using a car. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's on the cover of this Playboy. Is it here? Oh my god. So, fun fact about Playboys from the 1960s, 70s, and 80s is they're all very heavy. They're huge. They're gigantic. There is a ton of content in here. 
Yeah, there is tiny so font, yeah. tiny print. And I mean, it's always been a joke, like, oh, I read it for the articles. But like, no joke, it's mostly articles. There yeah. are so many articles. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> all articles. And advertisements. And advertisements. And there's some good writers in here, like Kurt yeah. Vonnegut's and mine. Yeah, mine has Mabakov. Mine have a thing about Johnny Cash. All right, so to begin, I will... So this, the Playboy that I'm looking at is from 1968, and I... I sort of took it out of the bag. I have a bag of Playboys now. Um, I took it because I wanted to show it to some guy friends of mine because, I mean, who doesn't want to show Playboys to guy friends? Because, you know, it's like, he, he, your ancestors read this. Um, but so I was skimming through it, and I was like, there's nothing interesting. There's, like, the centerfold who is, she's pretty attractive. I'm not going to lie. She's topless. Brunette. But, uh... For the most part, it's literally articles. But then I got bored one day while I was waiting for someone to, like, eat dinner or something. I don't remember. And so I actually started going through, and I discovered an amazing article about college campuses in the United States. And what's really great about this is that whoever, like, wrote this did a survey where they went to the colleges in the United States, and they interviewed both faculty and students hmm. to sort of, like, gauge the, I don't know what you want to call it, the, like, campus dynamic, maybe. Um, and they rated all of these schools on that. And the winning school, I'm sure you guys are all very interested, yes. is the UW-Madison, Wisconsin. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, so the ratings, if I could find them. So, like, it's been a party school for years? Oh, yeah. Since 1968, Madison, Wisconsin has been a party school. Oh, yeah. Well, in the 50s, it was named uh, best place to live in the country, generally. Oh. But it's also been ranked, like, the most alcoholic school <laughs> I think they might go side by side. <laughs> so, basically, the criteria that was rated out these many schools in the United States is official attitude, which was the... Combined score of faculty and students as to like, it's not necessarily how to get a girl attitude, but more like, just like general coolness, I think was what they were going for. Mm -hmm. So the UW Wisconsin Madison (laughs) got a B plus. As to the availability of women on campus, it is good, five to four. Uh, But then off campus is poor, apparently. Like, you can't find women, I guess, in you know, the greater Madison area. Kelly, what did you see somebody? I was going to say that. (laughs) So one time I was sitting in a lecture hall and of course I like to look at what other people are typing because it was a boring lecture. (laughs) And there was this one time when I looked over and there was this guy uh, instant messaging with his friend on his computer and his friend asked him like, oh, how are the chicks there at your school? And he was like, blonde, chill, and DTF. (laughs) (laughs) Those Midwestern girls, though. Yup! And and in keeping with that, the campus female on Madison, Wisconsin's campus is a big, pretty fish in a medium-sized pond. And the illustration is a blonde babe, and she looks DTF. (laughs) When Kelly attended this university... She was also blonde at the time. I was. I, yeah, I was blonde. But. <laughs> Ginger all the way. So the campus ambiance is party school. Beer served at the student union. Heck yeah. yeah. Well, like, doesn't everybody have beer at their student no. union? No. What? You weirdos? You kidding me? I didn't. Yeah, oh. How to come on to the ladies. You're a brewmaster. You know how to mix that yeast with 
that barley and the hops and make girls panties just drop the fuck up. Fuck, this is accurate. Okay. Extracurriculum. Summer session. Really swings. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. What? I don't know. Apparently there were a lot of swingers at the summer session at Wisconsin. Huh. Who would have thunk? <laughs> so, uh, as per the, like, 25 schools on this list, I think the list as a whole is super fascinating. But I think one of the more interesting ones was Princeton, because the official attitude of the school was a B, but the male-to-female ratio of campus, there was none. There were no women, because at the time, Princeton was still all male. Oh, my God. So in the campus female box, they blacked it out and put the word none in white letters. Oh, my God. Hardcore. There are no campus women. That's so late. So 1968, Princeton still had no ladies. Dartmouth. Dartmouth was pretty recent, and, and too. All these other schools have such such great illustrations of women. I mean, we've got Desert Flower. And Corn-Fed Homecoming Queen. Is that Nebraska? No, that's Ohio State. Duke U has Scarlett O'Hara in a miniskirt with a Confederate flag on it. Um, ah, lassie. Oh, man. I find it particularly interesting that Oberlin is in here. Painfully sincere ladies from Oberlin. <laughs> Probably still true. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know shit about this, but I think it's funny. Oh, Cornell University. Sloppy and aggressively brainy. <laughs> what? Oh, Sign me up. Should have gone there. Yeah. University of California, Los Angeles. Bikinied Earth Mother. <laughs> Basically, this chart is so stellar. I'm so glad I discovered it. I, I think a lot of this still holds true today. I'm sh- I'm sure there are plenty of men who attend these universities who would 100% be super happy to see this chart to explain the average female at their university. Yep. <laughs> Bikini to Earth Mother yeah. be like the best uh, punk girl band since the 70s? That w- I would like that. Yeah, we should start a band. <laughs> okay, I found some fun stuff. <laughs> okay, this is from 1966, April. Um, by the way, uh, Sizzle is sharing all these Playboys with us very kindly. I have like 10 of them. How could I not share? It's, it's good shit. <laughs> it's real good shit. My favorite thing is called the uh, Playboy Advisor. Basically like letters to the magazine. This is a letter written by, I don't know, some lady. But it says, <laughs> My fiancé insists on playing his Sousa records while we make love. Oh my god, <laughs> no. He claims that his March music is tremendously stimulating. <laughs> Even though it excites him, it leaves me cold as a cucumber. <laughs> and then do we react to some music? I've tried adapting myself to the situation, but nothing seems to work. If I don't get help soon, I'm going to march right out of this engagement. Advice, please. It's March in quotes. It's because Mar- John Sousa marching. Uh, Sousa. I hate playing That's so funny. Marches. That's from Miss BT, Houston, Texas. I was um, reading something in mine and I wasn't paying it's attention. Just, <laughs> having these in our hands is very distracting. I mean, obviously. So, sorry, Kelly. I'm, I'm trying to look at what advice they give. They suggest a compromise, allowing them to choose background music on alternate evenings. Bummer that you can't have, like, a playlist curated by Spotify. 
you have to like use records. Or you could just what's the problem with each time you're on iPod putting your headphones in and just turn your <laughs> Or what if you could like sync your iPods, like your choice in music so you'd have similar beats but they were different? That would be good. That would be clever. I think someone has done that. Someone's probably done that. Make that happen, please. Sissel, if nobody's done it, you have to be the yeah. first to try. I love the idea of him having sex and just like... <laughs> <laughs> I see him, eyes closed, thrusting into her. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> what's, the, what's the guy on Shameless's uh, sex song? Do you guys remember this? No. no. I've never seen it. Okay. Well, it's funny. I assume it's something silly. I have one more, and I sort of like it because it's still relevant. <laughs> sort of. At 24, I've got a good job, a nice, a nice apartment, and I think a well-adjusted female personality. Mm. <laughs> so do I, honey. <laughs> My sex life leaves nothing to be desired, although I take it with one guy at a time. I think by that she means I don't have threesomes. Oh, time, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Which is what I'm writing to you about. Some of my girlfriends who rent apartments in the same building prefer making love to virtually any guy they meet. I don't criticize them, but they constantly call me a Puritan. I know I'm not, but can you give me a sharp line to throw back at them? And they said, sure. Quote, H.L. Mencken's definition of Puritanism. The haunting fear that someone somewhere may be happy. It obviously fits them better than you. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's excellent. So we're going to go forward in time again. So I was once again bored and flipping through this big, thick, no sex pictures version of Playboy because they're mostly just articles. And I discovered there was this series of articles or editorials maybe about the connection between pornography and sex crimes. And mostly it was kind of interesting because it was talking about how in some uh, Scandinavian countries they had recently made porn legal and sex crimes dropped. But there hadn't been any studies, and I don't know if there have been any studies recently, to actually link that correlation to prove it had causation. The interesting thing is to develop article. It was about Oklahoma County District Attorney Curtis B. Harris, who started a... Uh, I don't know what you call it, a cause to uh, round up the pornography in the area and outlaw it. And as part of it, he took or had, he took all the indecent and obscene films and he aired them all for the donors to his cause at Oklahoma City Auditorium where they could all watch them together after they had banned them. <laughs> well, of course. Oh my god. That guy is a genius. That guy, oh, he just collected the best porn library in the history of yep. porn libraries. Yep, he aired the best clips. To the yep. people who... To the people who gave him money. It's all... I love everything about that. <laughs> He's a horrible person and I hate him. Yeah. He's a fucking genius. Fucking genius. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have a 1981, and um, I found the funnies, Playboy Ooh. funnies. Um, so the first one, Mrs. Kinky by Christopher Brown, Brown, I think. Um, it's about a woman named to a doctor named Dr. Kinky, and the woman she's in bed with is like, gosh, Kate, I never thought the wife of Dr. Kinky would have a crummy marriage. And she's talking about how he works a lot and 
I guess they don't have sex, or when they do, she doesn't come, and she's like, besides, I feel that only another woman has time, has the sensitivity to make love mean all that it can mean, and then the other woman's like, can you just, like, make me a pastrami sandwich, because I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, yes, dear. Um, And the other is Wet Dream by Harvey Kurtzman. And this woman is having sex with a man in a bathtub, and she's like, it's just not working. And he's like, well, why don't you just fantasize about somebody else, see if that works. And then she starts fantasizing about all these women. Um, And then he's like, oh, wow, see how it worked? Who was it? Robert Redford, Paul Newman? She's like, yeah, Paul Newman. (laughs) (laughs) How sweet of him to ask her to fantasize about somebody else. I just like the lesbian one. Like, Playboy's interesting. It's this back and forth between really insightful shit. Like, the things they're talking about with sex crimes and pornography, like, totally legit. And, and you know, a nice lesbian joke, always great. And then there's, of course, a little, a, a chart about objectifying women at various colleges. And then you'll find an ad like this one, a natural shoulder to cry on. And it's about the fabric that this woman is just crying on this man's shoulder. Well, I found a lovely advertisement for a pen company that kind of goes along with the secretary thing. And it's, so it's Sheffer pens. Now there's a Sheffer for guys and dolls. Can you notice the difference? And it's, there's pictures and it's for the guy. Um, It's describing the pen. Slip it on in different colors. Dress up your writing and your wardrobe. And it has a picture of it like in his belt. And then for the doll, um, it's for the doll who relates. We've turned the <laughs> Shepherd's white dot pen uh, into a version just for dolls. Let it hang free and swing with your modest fashions. And it's like can hang on a chain around your neck because, of course, you don't wear pants with a belt. Mm, it's like it's big for or like the big, big pens for her. For her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What year is yours? Oh, 1970. Oh, okay. Mod makes sense then. Yep. I like all the pubic hair and all the photos. Yeah. Oh, can we? Yeah, the models. Okay, the models. I think have more body diversity, facial diversity, and just general. Okay, there are few. There are fewer not white people. They're pretty white. There are fewer not white people. But as far as like different body types and different like kind of odd faces, honestly, there's a fair bit in here. They're surprisingly okay. Yeah. Well, so in this Playboy, it's talking. So in 1970, there was a, a law was changed so you could portray sex and nudity in American cinema which is a big deal. So there's a whole bunch of photos of sex scenes from movies, um, which include, um, like, normal between, like, a married couple, between a gay couple, um, there's an affair, there's an interracial couple, there's um, two women just, like, changing but being allowed to be naked, and then, like, an orgy. That's what I'm saying. Playboy's kind of awesome. Oh, and a guy in drag. Yeah. Kind of awesome. This little comic that says, look, Charlie, the world changes, and it's two bakers, and they have a wedding cake with two guys on top. Hmm. There are also some really gross comics in here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they look a little angry, but I can't find context, so I don't know if they're for it against it. Mm, nah, uh, I just got this. Mm, <laughs> I haven't processed. The impossible like a- cream. Gross. There, there, was, <laughs> there was a shoe advertisement that showed, like, different dates per shoe type for this one shoe company. <laughs> Like, that what shoes you should wear for each... Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, but it wasn't that interesting. Okay, Man. there's a naked little boy. Oh. Ew, what? It, it's, he's theoretically pictured 
with like his parents and their dog, but like you can see his penis, and I feel a little that is weird. Uh, that was probably before child obscenity laws or whatever. Yeah, I have this great little comic that's in line with the Oklahoma district attorney being a horrible human. One thing is about the obscenity cases, you get to see a lot of great movies. Oh my god. <laughs> should we end it there? I think yeah. we should. <laughs> Do we have a haiku though? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. One sec. Please we hold. always have to have haikus with mm-hmm. Hannah. I've uh, changed wow. it a few times. <laughs> oh, that was gross. <laughs> a proper hostess knows how to stalk her horse prey. Screw him. Bang, Marcy. <laughs> <laughs> Bye guys. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Throbbers Only. You can read our show notes at throbbingmembersonly.com. Promise they're worth it. We're available on Stitcher and Apple Podcasts and all the other ones. And if we're not, let us know. Please like and subscribe and keep on listening.